Hey, everybody. Are you with me when I say life can be amazing at times, but it can also be extremely challenging? I know. I've been there myself. Learned some valuable life lessons along the way, and now I'm here to help you. It's no coincidence you found your way to the Relevate podcast. I'm your host, Rena Olson, a self-proclaimed inspirer of others. Together, we're going to dive deep into raw and honest conversations with real people. My hope is that through these stories, you too will be inspired and ready to tackle whatever's holding you back or breaking your heart. Then you'll be free to live a life of purpose and true fulfillment. I promise it's possible. Let's Relevate. Hey, friends. So it's the umpteenth day in quarantine, and I'm not even sure what day it is. But I do know that I'm glad you've joined me for another episode of the Relevate podcast. My guest today is Eric Hawkinson, a serious global marketing and communications professional and founder of Prairie Sun Consulting. Eric is here today with some practical tips on how to help us stay connected when we are disconnected. Eric Hawkinson, welcome to the Relevate Podcast. Oh, thank you very much. I've been looking forward to this. I know. Well, super fun. We are both cowboys. That's how we know we each other. We are. That's true. That's true. University of Wyoming back in the day. Yes. Cross country, but we're always cowboys. I know. And you're in New Jersey now, right? I am. I am. I'm, I'm, I literally live in between New York City and Philadelphia. So um, I have clients, you know, all over the world, but, you know, the hub of most of my contacts um, are within those two areas. So I've been here probably almost 30 years since I left University of Wyoming. Wow. So you have quite a background in marketing and consulting. If you could share a little bit about that, that'd be awesome. No, it's wonderful. So I, and, and, and one of the reasons I actually got into this was um, my experience at the university, which I won't go into too much detail, but I wanted to play sports, of course, and um, no, I was not going to be <laughs> to that level. Um, I started, when I first started getting to school, started doing marketing for sports information for the University of Wyoming cool. football and basketball team. Yeah. And that got me very excited about creating just brochures and press releases and learning all of that. And so when I got out of school in Wyoming at the time with the economics, you know, not too many sheep farms need marketing help and you had to figure out where you're going to go. So I had to go East Coast and West Coast. And uh, I took a chance and came to the East Coast and started working for advertising agencies and uh, even had my own agency for about six or seven years. Oh, that's very cool. And, uh, and then the past probably uh, 15, 20 years, I've been helping uh, top healthcare and technology companies, either working for them as an employee or, and as a, uh, as a consultant. And for the past three or four years, I've had my own strategic marketing group. And it's been wonderful because I feel like I've been taking all the experiences from working for Fortune 500 companies and helping startup companies and smaller companies look much bigger and, and getting them to do things without wasting all the money that larger companies. So that's very I've cool. Been, uh, so, trying to inspire them. Yeah, love it. So the name of your consulting firm is Prairie Sun Consulting because I, I still, you know, have this deep love of Wyoming, which yeah. I'm getting ready to move back to to actually uh, kind of just set up an office there so I can work and uh, travel from um, from Wyoming. And uh, the Prairie Sun has always been 
kind of uh, my actually my grandmother who lived in in New Jersey. That's what she used to call me when I was a, a little boy because I grew up out on the prairie. So I thought I would just keep that as part of my so-called persona. That is very cool. So uh, you are no stranger to virtual communications. If you could share with us your current work situation and how you've chosen to live a life of travel and the chance to see more people, what exactly does that look like? So what it what it actually entails is some some people think that when you have virtual offices set up, you are a complete introvert, that you never have contact with people. But I've actually set it up where whether I'm in a hotel room or if I'm in a temporary office with my clients or if I'm traveling just for personal reasons, as long as I have internet or self-service, I can actually do work for my clients. And so I set it up where I've never been one of those people that wanted to do the same thing every day. And when I have multiple clients, being able to know that I might be at five in the morning if I'm in a specific part of the country or might be 11 o'clock at night. But when you have your own company and you can set it up this way, you do, you, you might do more than 40 hours a week, but it's never eight hours a day in a row. And being having the right technology and having clients who understand that if they need you at four in the morning because you're in a different part of the country, you adapt to that. And it also means that you might start your own relaxation at four in the afternoon and you don't have to go, you know, nine to five. So that's the main reason I did it is that I knew spending actually four years in Europe doing some uh, strategic marketing for the pharmaceutical industry is that I could kind of cover San Francisco to Singapore and, um, you know, not just the, my love of travel, but to the fact that we'd set up either a Skype or, or, a, or a technology event where we might be, you know, having more than just a, a teleconferencing, but actually um, sitting across the room from each other without sitting across the room. Wow. So how long have you been doing that? So I've probably been doing on a temporary basis since 9-11. And I think that kind of brings us to a point of kind of where we are now. Yeah. I've thought about the fact that when 9-11 hit, we all canceled travel. Yeah. We all said, hey, you know what? And large companies, I was working for a large pharmaceutical company at the time. They spent a lot of money on these Cisco systems that were conference rooms that you and I would sit across from. But on the wall, it wasn't just a monitor. It was a full screen that looked like when the other people anywhere else in the world sat across from you, that you looked like you were sitting at the same table. Mm -hmm. It was truly a, a virtual. And I know they still utilize those, especially now for a lot of executive meetings in that end. But one of the things I noticed in that, and I think that's really helped me recently, is that it was only good for if you have two to three people on each side. If you had a group of 10 or 15 on one end, or you had one person uh, talking to a lot of people, because you had to adapt in different ways. You know, you, you can't really have a good work session with 10 people in one room and 10 people in the other, because you're going to have people trying to justify their means and just talk for the sake of talking. You're going to have the the most executive person on that, on each of the team trying to make their point. Sure. And a lot of other people might be intimidated, might not be where their comfort level is. And it doesn't mean they have nothing to add, but they feel like, I'll take this, I'll go back and I'll email my input. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, everything's kind of got to this point now um, where people are looking at, wow, now I'm sitting in front of a computer and I don't get to go walk into my boss's office or my colleague's office. How do I continue to have that type of interaction, that relationship. Yeah. And, and going back, back then, 
Yeah, sure. going back to those initial virtual meetings, I mean, that's kind of the dynamic of in-person meetings as well, too, don't you think? It is. Well, it is. But the difference is, is if we're all sitting around the table, we can see each other and roll each other's eyes. And I'm being mm-hmm. both facetious, sarcastic, and cynical. You can see if someone's body language. You right. can see if they're really paying attention. When you have, you know, multiple people more than, like, and I'm just going to use five people on each, you know, on each on each side of the the uh, technology, you start losing a little bit. People start multitasking. People, you can't tell mm-hmm. if they're being sarcastic. It's that wow. body language that you meet. And so instead of for thinking of that as a challenge, you actually kind of re- you re- you rethink how you want to do these meetings. You don't have your large meetings interactively like that. You have them more, it's just teleconferencing. If I'm going to give a state of the state address to my large team, I'm not going to do this little video conference where I want everyone to show me what they're wearing. I'm going to just going to be talking to them and they can, you know, send me chats, they can send me messages, Mm -hmm. talking about what's going on. But I'm not trying to expect us all to be sitting around a room and everyone paying attention because we do multitask in a lot of ways. But if I'm having a small team and we're doing video, whether it's a client, whether it's client and vendors, you can actually very, you can really replicate the fact that you're sitting around a room because everyone has to be in tune. They have to be, without lack of a better term, on their game. Mm-hmm. They can't be um, focusing other things. They, they can't be playing solitaire. They can't right. be on another call talking to somebody else and billing you or not right. paying attention. They Checking have to be email. on because there is. So Instead of first thinking you're going to change human nature, you change on how you use the technology for human nature and you decide how big the group's going to be and what the group's going, the dynamics is going to be and decide how you're going to utilize it for them. And sometimes it might just be a really nice teleconference call where someone is, you know, going through the information and I'll send you attachments at a time. And other times is, okay, we can't be in this spot at the time. We're not, we're not all, you know, you're in one city, I'm in another city. How can we not just share a whiteboard? How can we not just share documents, but how can we collaborate together? And you set up rules to be able to do that. And you, you make sure that those rules are just like if you'd be setting up, you go into a conference room, make sure you clean up afterwards, mm-hmm. right? That's a rule when you leave a conference room. Well, sure. technology is, you know, make sure you, when you have something to say, make sure it's, it's something that's moving it forward and that we might only have an hour. So yes, we want to hear about your personal life and yes, we want to hear, but it might not be at this one moment, right? You know, you, you, some people feel like they're missing out on the fact that they can't you know, joke around and be sarcastic and be humorous because you're, you know, you're always working in this type of uh, constraint. But that's not really the case. It's, it's the fact that you're doing the exact same thing. You're just, you're, you, if you're doing it right, you're not wasting your time. You're, you're actually being more effective and you're, you're actually spending less time going in and out of meetings where mm-hmm. people are being late or not getting there. Exactly. Well, and how many times have we been in in-person meetings that have it's gone way too long and meandered and what is the focus of, of this? So I think it's, it's just good practice to really tighten up that time frame and have a clear it focus is. objective for the meeting going in, whether it's digital or it in-person. It is. And I think it also, there's, there's been times where I have had three, four months in a row of a weekly meeting with someone who I've never met in person. And then we finally have a meeting and we spent almost the whole time in person 
just catching up on a personal basis because we've mm. done so much of being effective as business people that when you finally get together, you you know, that, that human interaction just comes into play. And it doesn't mean, and so the next time you have a, uh, a video conference together, you're not saying, hey, you know, by the way, you know, you know, how's your mother feeling or how that's going on? Sometimes you're just like, this is great. Hey, it was nice seeing you in Charlotte last week. How are we doing on the next steps of this project or whatever it may be? Yeah. That's very cool. Well, I want to pivot in a minute and talk about what's been used in business for a long time can translate to being used personally since we find ourselves in such a different time right now, really, you know, virtually in isolation for the protection of the greater country. Uh, But you talked a little bit about setting the meeting up earlier. What are some Mm -hmm. forms of of setting the meeting up are, are you referring to? Kind of help paint a picture of what that looks like. Yeah. So, in on the on the business side of you know setting it up early is you know we have a finite amount of time that we're we're that we can have meetings. So, in today's age, when everyone is trying to set up a video conference or a Skype or anything like that, doing things last minute puts a lot of strain on people. You'll hear oh, yeah. the fact that I'm being double booked, mm-hmm. triple booked. I can't do it any time at this point. So, and I'm a, and I'm naturally a procrastinator as it is because I'm, you know, I've always, you know, been, that's just who I am. Maybe it's the creative side of me, but the one area that I do not procrastinate is if I know I need to have a meeting, I try to get it on their calendar and my calendar as quick as possible. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean it's not going to change, but it's the fact that if we have that, we can always adapt and change. But if I don't have it and it becomes last minute, my lack of organization that should not affect their sense of urgency. Sure. Um, well, it gives you a target you know, to to reach towards as well. It is. It is. And and so that's 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 the key, key area. And then you know, keep in mind now we are using this for personal. Um, you know, I mean, my you know, my parents are in their seventies, but you know, they know how to use FaceTime. They know how to you know, they they get surprised sometimes when they see that I'm doing a FaceTime group or a Google Hangout with them where they can actually see two or three people on the call. As we get into this and we use this on a, on a professional, it is very important when we are isolated as we are today to be able to understand that in a personal basis, it's just as important sometimes to us for just texting someone, which we get very comfortable doing, is to make sure they can hear your voice, is to make sure that they can see you, even if you're not at your best, you know, (laughs) pick and choose the people you want to show your face to, but make sure that they know that you're there. Yeah. A lot of times I'm like, eh, audio only. It's an audio only day. That's it. You know, as we always say, I have a great face for radio, right? And uh, we have to, we have to, but sometimes, and I think to to more of it is, if you remember you had this nice um, face-to-face interaction with them, even if it's through a Skype or a Zoom or a FaceTime, then when you do have to just do audio only, you have a more recollection of that face. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing in business as it is in personal, but I think it's more important now because we almost feel like, you know, if we want to call it a quarantine or whatever it is, we feel like uh, I need to have this human interaction. But if you're doing a lot of this, if you're talking, you know, I'm, I'm doing a podcast with you. I'm going to have a meeting with someone else. And then I'm going to call my mother, make sure she's okay. And I want to call my, when you do that enough, and that's part of your life, 
you walk away at the end of the night going, I had a, I, I talked to lots of people today. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people in my life, yes. you know, it might not be the way it was 20 years ago, but there's a lot of people that know what I'm doing and I know what they're doing and I can check mark and say they're doing good. And I think it's important to, you know, be very conscious of that is that, yeah, you might know they're okay because you saw what they posted on the social mm-hmm. media and you mm-hmm. know that they're safe, but not having that human interaction, you need to continue doing that. And this might be kind of a contradiction of terms, but I really feel technology can help you stay closer to people if mm-hmm. you use it the right way. It shouldn't be a, you know, trade it for the fact that you can go give someone a hug, but when you can't, you can truly show them that you're still there for them. Right. And it's, it's so true because a text or an email doesn't have the emotion attached right. attached to it. But when you when somebody picks up the phone, I can usually tell well, can. what's going on with them because of the voice you you, it doesn't it doesn't lie. You know, it's no, a, no. it's reflective of what's going on in the heart. So I yeah. I just would encourage those of you out there who have gotten used to just texting only. Let's let's start making a whole lot more calls because. Um, yeah, we we and need I, each other. We really need each other. That's true. Well, you're saying exactly what I was thinking is the fact that because when we go through crisis like this, I find myself, people who I may not be as close to, really caring about what's going on with them. And people who I am very close to, sending them as much love as I can. Love and light, right? And mm-hmm. so you can still be able to do that. You know, they go away and they might respond after you do a video call with them or even a phone call with them. And they might respond with just a happy emoji. But you know that you did your part, right? And I think you can, you know, we're all going to have all these different emotions of what's going on. But if you can actually use this technology to, you know, to show people, and, I, and people don't realize this, to show people you're okay as well. You know, you have to let them know just because you're caring about other people, you have to realize you're there for them too. So, Yeah, most, most definitely. And so before all this happened with coronavirus, you know, you would always, people would be like, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. You know, it's just been like the mantra of yeah. American life for a long time. And all of a sudden, you know, we've hit the skids with all of that and p- people are just uh, w- wigging out. And I think once we yeah. settle down, people will really see it as an opportunity to reconnect with what they love to do, whether that be reading or working on a new business plan or spending more time with their kids. I mean, it's the gift of time. It's, it's really, it's precious. And that, that is definitely one of the blessings of this whole thing. Yeah. And as I mentioned, you know, I might be able to have my afternoon free, but maybe I'll do something at night, but you do have more time to be able to, I'm not spending an hour and a half driving to an office, not spending, you know, an hour. I mean, and right now people are not spending two hours taking their children back and forth to school. I'm not saying that's always going to be the case. I'm saying, Mm -hmm. but you have, you're that quality time's not longer there. You know, even if your kids aren't paying attention to you, now your kids are with you the whole time. So it's also, it's very important for you to, whether your, your child's eight or 18, they're not having that interaction with people as well. You want them to make sure that, Hey, you know what? I know I restrict sometimes how much technology you have. But if you need to reach out to your friends, if you need to have that Google Hangout with 10, 12 people at once, 
set up a time after you guys get all your school mm-hmm. done and do that. You know, joke, talk about it, laugh at this, make fun of your parents. We don't care, right. but make sure that you stay together just because mm-hmm. you're not meeting at someone's house and having a public so-called party doesn't mean you can't party together. And one of the coolest things that I just saw, this is a great way on how technology is adapting. Netflix now has this thing called Netflix Party. So you and I can say, guess what? Let's watch, um, you know, let's, let's watch the Titanic together. Okay, well, you know, you watch it on Netflix, I'll watch it. No, 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 let's watch it together. You can go on Netflix Party and That's we cool. synchronize, and you and I can watch the movie together with our phones or with our, and, you know, if you have a comment, if I have a comment, we can be almost sitting there together watching the movie together. That's just one example on how this we are going mm-hmm. to be adapting. It might put a little fear in you because you're saying, oh, great, now we're never going to have any social action. But it's not. It's the fact yeah. that when things do normalize, you still have an opportunity that when I go travel, if I want to watch a movie with my daughter who's mm-hmm. 6,000 miles away, I can say, hey, your favorite movie's on. You have time to watch it. Let's oh, watch it together. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah, things will get back to normal. And I know that when we get to resume doing those things that we love, we're, we're going to have a greater appreciation for whatever that is. It's true. For a it's certain true. time, and, and then it becomes it. routine again. <laughs> that's just, it is. And that's but, human it, but, it, but you're right. But you're right. And I also think, and, and I've talked to people on social media, um, even recently, where I go, you know, you're going to appreciate the next time you can have this type of interaction. So this is actually teaching us a lesson as well. You know, maybe we're getting a little bit too far away from it, but now this will actually teach us to say, hey, you know, it's so good that I can shake your hand and I can give you a hug. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk about, you've mentioned some of the the cool tools that are available to connect us digitally. So let's talk about some of those tools we have to stay connected digitally. Eric. Yeah, so, yeah. And there's, there's quite a few, you know, free, free stuff, right? If you have a free cell skill. phone, um, yeah, it's, there's lots of free ways to you be able to communicate. You know, I mentioned Skype and I mentioned Google. If you have any type of Gmail, you can, you know, you can actually be chatting with people while you're doing documents together. But you also can be able to use that as, you know, hey, mom, I'm going to send you a recipe. Hey, hey can, mom, can you send me, you know, your thoughts on this? I, I have questions about my homework, whatever it is. You can actually be connecting through, you know, email type of software where with the click of a button, you can be talking, communicating, or you can do a video chat, you know, instantly. Mm-hmm. Where the challenge lies in, in areas like that is that there's so many options. Exactly. And what I try to tell people is don't worry so much about who's using this and using that. You know, we, we you know, we, we decide, you know, who's, who's our favorite brand of shoes and who's our favorite gas station to save mm-hmm. money and who's... I'll use your favorite car. When it comes to technology like this, they compete so hard together, you can't really go wrong. Just find one that you feel fits your style, fits your able to be, you know, friendly and user interface, as we call, where you don't have any confusion. It's not hard for you to figure it out. And the people that you work with or talk with or communicate with, they, they, they can adapt to you as well. And so what I tell people is don't go by the fact that what's the best technology, go by mm-hmm. the least common denominator. Go by who's the person that might be the most less technical person of the group. What's going to make it easy for them? If they have an iPhone, click the FaceTime button. Mm-hmm. If they, 
you know, if they are on the computer all the time or if they have an iPad, you know, then then maybe do a Google Hangout or a Skype call or do a Zoom call. You know, so they're not all three, but they you can do things like that where you don't want to have, have people get so frustrated to go, you know, and, and you and I do this, right? We do this all the time. It's like, oh, you know what? Skype's not working right now. Let's just do a phone call. Yeah. And so, but we know how to adapt. Well, you don't want to get to the point where people get frustrated the first time they, you know, they, they, mm-hmm. they got a smartphone or the first time that they have, you know, they, they have these type of technology. You want them to embrace this because it's not about having a new toy or a tech. It's about communicating with people they need to communicate with. Right. And if you can make that simple, that's that's the part people have to understand. Right. And I think people need to understand that when learning anything new, there's a little bit of a learning curve on here. So Yeah. So just, course. you know, go easy on yourself if you can't get something accomplished right the first time. It's it's okay. Yeah. And I know I use YouTube all the time when I'm trying to learn a new technology solution. A lot of times you can find user submitted videos for various forms of technology on YouTube that are better than the actual manufacturer of, um, there's so much out there. Yeah. I, I've used YouTube to set up home security systems and nest systems. Mm -hmm. Cause even though I feel like I am an early adopter of technology, I am not a handy person. And so I do not read manuals. I do not go on. I go to YouTube. I find somebody who understands my frustration. Yeah. And I do it from that. And that, that's a perfect, perfect thing. And one of the other things that I would really suggest, especially, again, I take it for granted on how much access to technology I have. But I don't um, forget the fact that I do know how to teach someone to use technology. And the one thing that I tell people is, don't throw everything at someone at once. Yeah. First time you have a conversation with them, maybe you are just doing texting. Maybe we're just doing a, um, you know, a conference call. And then next time I say, hey, by the way, if you look on the right, you see that button? It shares your screen. If you hit that button, I can see what you're working on. I can help you. Oh, my God, this is great, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can say, hey, you see this other button, that, that, that video camera? Hit that. Let's talk. Let's, let's talk face-to-face. Let's go through there. So it's incremental steps. Just because I'm, I've been so comfortable with this stuff and I can go in and out of it doesn't mean that I'm not humble to the fact that I feel like I can help other people kind of, you know, get quickly into it. I want them to communicate. It doesn't matter what channel they use. Exactly. And it's truly a blessing that we have access to all of these tools at this point in time for us to be able yeah. to be connected digitally. Because, um, I mean, I've been seeing some really cool uses of Facebook Live, you know, where people are really communicating effectively and sharing stories of hope. And it's like, wow, this is, you know, we're we're really kind of seeing uh, the renaissance of of the next level of this technology, I think. And, you know, it's it's been there, but now people are like, okay, I'm going for it. I'm going to do a live video now. (laughs) And that's that's kind of how you have to do it sometimes, right? Well, not well, not only that. Um, people sometimes when they they'll send me a message and they go, "How do you have time to post something on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and whatever?" And I and I'm just they'll just rattle things off. And I go, "Well, one, you had enough time to find me on all those, right?" And I'm and I'm making a point is the whole fact of it is, but they don't realize I only post content once, but it shares across all these different channels. There you go. And 
if you want to create a you know um, content for a business or for your own inspiration, don't get intimidated by the fact that you might have to. You think you're going to be spending eight nine hours doing this a day. You're going to spend a lot of time getting things prepared and upfront. Mm-hmm. But once you have it down, technology helps you do this so fast. I spend 20, 30 minutes with my content in the morning, but throughout the day, it goes around all so much. People think it's happening all the time. They're, they're literally, from oh. their reposting and their sharing, the whole aspect of it is, is that it got posted once, but it gets shared everywhere. And it's, it's important to know that if you want to be able to do that, you don't have to say, oh, you know what, I'm going to have to hire somebody just to do that. No, you, you can do that while you're having your coffee and your tea. Oh, so your secret is out now, Eric. My secret is out, exactly. <laughs> and when I see your post, I'm like, man, he's in Switzerland? He's in Wyoming? <laughs> Where, where's Eric? It's always the question. And you're in you're in New Jersey doing all of that. Some, well, not always, but here's, here's the thing. And now, it's different for a man and a woman. If you're a woman, you do not want the whole world to know where you are, why you're there yeah. for safety reasons. Same, same with men, but it's more for women. Like, and I think more because I have, you know, a 24 year old daughter. I always say, I don't mind where you post. You can post on that. You, you know, that Yelp review, you know, that you're at a restaurant, you can post that you're on a, a beach or in a bar, but do it as you leave. Do yes. not do it as you go in because you do not need to let the world know where you are. Just let them know where you've been. This way is you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're being safe because all these apps have so much geotagging on it that, you know, you have to very, be very, very protective. You know, no one really cares, you know, where I'm going to be, but they do care where, you know, where young women are. Mm. That's very good advice. So you, you kind of alluded to this earlier on when you were talking about people setting in meetings, multitasking. So let's talk about... Uh, the importance of mindset when using these new digital tools and why that's so important. So I've always been a multitasker and I kind of hinted at the fact that I'm a procrastinator, right? And I think that that procrastination slashing multitasking is is sometimes a dangerous, dangerous combination. But when you're doing using digital tools, the one of the key areas that makes it very, very important for you um, is the fact that not when you're actually doing like a, a video conferencing with um, very, very important people that you need to stay focused on. But as things are going on, you, your, your mind starts triggering. Technology is taking care. I'm, I'm, I'm sending an email to someone while I'm setting up a calendar event for someone else. But at the same time, I might be thinking, you know what, I have a call in the next 10 minutes. What do I need to do? Prepare for it. So Sometimes the technology actually pushes each step forward very, very quickly. That if you are have sitting in an office, you have someone walking by every two minutes asking you a question, both personally, professionally, whatever it is. Here, you might be doing cluster. I call it like cluster work um, force. You know, you literally might be doing three hours worth of work in 20 minutes because everything is just happening all at once. And then all of a sudden you go, wow. Is my day over? And you look at the clock and it's 1030 in the morning. So I think that's one of the key things that you have to kind of learn when you're adapting to more remote um, remote working is that everything comes in lots of clusters. You know, there's, there's um, you know, there's times where it's all panic. There's times where it's all, you know, at once. And then there's times where it's just dead air. And you're thinking you must have forgot something. Exactly. Yeah. And I know people, they just... 
When they're online, they think that it's an opportunity to check email or send a quick text and you lose focus. So it's important to remember if, if you're on an online call, chances are that's where your focus needs to be. That's true. And I, you know, you see pictures and I'm not saying I don't do it as well because, but you see pictures and videos of um, the workforce with music in their ears as they're working, right? Yeah. I do that as well. Or if I'm in my house, you know, I have music playing on, you know, on a tech, you know, I have it connected to my Alexa, so I can ask Alexa to turn it on and off. I don't have to get up. I don't have to, I have it on my app. I could be listening to the music. But as soon as I get on a conference call, all that stuff ends, right? You know, I I can have music in the background as I'm doing things. But when I'm communicating with somebody, it's like putting your phone down, turning it upside down, looking you in the eye and saying, what can I help you with? Let's let's go through this. You know, how is your day? How is I my day? Let's let's get through this. Um, that's the part where the multitasking goes by the wayside. That's the part where you got to make sure they know that you're focused on them. Because exactly. if we if we do this, if you keep looking at me and I'm on the phone and I'm not paying attention to you, do you really care if I get it right? You you really are thinking that I've lost respect. I don't have respect for you. I don't have respect right. for your time. Yeah. And that respect for time is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Even if, even if you don't feel like you, even if you feel like you can do other things, it's not, it's not worth it. You have to understand that they are focusing on you at that moment. And you need to focus on that. Eric, let's talk about the importance, even if it's a personal communication that you, you're using digital tools for. I think there there's probably probably some tips you could share for, you know, what like what are some do's and don'ts like in terms of the background behind you, the, you know, make sure the camera is kind of sure. on your face and not like the top yeah. of your head. If you can share any tips of course to help of us course. learn to navigate those digital waters, that would be amazing. Yeah. So one of the key things is try not to have, um, you know, a, um, a window right behind you because during the day, too much light's coming yeah. in. And during the night, it kind of it reflects. Um, and you'll see the back of people's heads or you'll see, you know, um, you'll see the room that, um, on the other side of the computer. So just like if you're setting up a photography shoot, you need to make sure things are very, very static. There's not a lot, a lot of noise behind you. Lighting is important, but it's not as important than people think because if you have a monitor screen, it is going to be lighting you up. Or if you're doing a face, a FaceTime, you know, you can actually see your face and you should actually be using that as, as, your, as your guide. Mm-hmm. But what I actually do is I make sure the whole room is kind of lit the same way throughout the day. So then I'm not having to worry about adjusting it when I'm doing some type of a video call. Next tool is, you know, you've got to test. You need, you know, you need to test and test again. You need to look at, just think about the trucks on the highway that says, if you can't see me, I can't see you, right? Yep. So you look at that camera and you realize that's what they're going to see. And you look at the fact that you can be as vain as you want, make sure that you look good and your hair's done and you have the right glasses and they're you're wearing, a, you know, wearing at least a shirt on, right? But it's also to the fact that your head's not cut off and that to yeah. the fact that the angle of the camera is not shooting up your nostrils, you know? And sometimes people take that for granted. They think, they think that as long as they can hear you, it, it doesn't matter. So yeah. um, that's, that's one of the key areas when it comes to that. And it's also is 
it's the um, it's the audio. It's very important that you can actually hear. So sometimes people get very comfortable using a speakerphone because they you know, they don't want it up to their ear. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I do conference calls, I make sure I have my headphones or uh, you know or AirPods in because I want it to be crystal clear. But I don't want to have to hold a phone up to my ear as I'm talking. But I want to make sure that the sound is good. So making sure you test that as well. And um, the other aspect, when, especially when it comes to on the business side, not on the personal side, make sure you have all the documentation ready to go. You know, know where it is. You know, I, I actually put, <clears throat> I just use my desktop as a working area. So I always put the files I'm going to be talking about right on there. I don't try to go find them, and even though I'm organized in the folders. I put them there, and then after the meeting, I, re, I reorganize them, and I put them where they want. That's really good. And, and really don't be eating and drinking. I mean, a little sip of water or a cup of coffee is fine, but. Yeah, I honestly, you, you, water and, and coffee doesn't bother me. Food does, but, but the worst thing is gum. You know, don't, don't have gum in your mouth when you're, when you're talking on, on the phone because yeah. everything is, you know, completely, you know, exaggerated when it comes on the phone. If you snap your gums, if you, you know, click your teeth, it's, it's all, it's all there. Yeah. And if, an interruption should happen. This is more for the business calls. How should someone handle that? So I'm so glad you asked that because I actually have been talking to my team about this. In the past, you know, you are very conscious of that. You know, for example, I have two dogs. I, you know, and while we were having a conversation, I actually put them in the other room, let them go play by themselves. But in today, I've been actually advising people to relax. Don't worry about it. That if, you know, we're all working at home, you have kids at home, you have spouses and significant others at home, you have, um, you know, friends with you. Don't worry about it so much. Actually, even you don't even have to apologize as much as the fact that if you relax, the other person's not going to worry about it. But if you make a big deal about it and you're so concerned and you start yelling at your kids or snapping at your dog, that's going to affect Very awkward. So it is. So I tell all of my team now is, guess what? It's going to happen. Don't worry about it. You know, I, every time if, if someone hears a dog in the background, I said, ah, oh, another disgruntled employee. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just part of the day. You just have to get through it. It's not going to stop. Now, for example, if you have a baby screaming on your lap, you know, it's hard to communicate, yeah. but you know, you, if it's only for a few minutes and it's only, you know, temporarily, it's going to go away. And that brings me to the last point is, if you're the one that's not talking, make sure you know how to mute yes, your phone. Make sure you know how to mute your microphone. Have that available to be able to go toggle on and off as quick as possible. Yes, most definitely. That's that's a biggie. Yeah. So my favorite video of of the interruption of the of the decade is the British newscaster. I love that. I love. You know that. which one I'm talking about. I know. Yeah, where the kid, the little kid, rolls in on her, her little stroller, and his wife's trying to capture her in the oh background. It's hilarious. And his, you know, it, yeah, and he was, he was just so calm throughout the whole thing. He was. And, he and was. And I, I felt bad for his wife because she was the one that was so, she just <laughs> could not get the kids out of the room fast enough. And, and now, you know, I, I look, I looked and my favorite thing on Facebook um, are two different, you know, one's a meme, you know, because everyone's homeschooling their kids and it says, <laughs> Hey, how do I transfer this child out of my class? Right. <laughs> you know, it's like they're affecting them in so many ways. Um, and the other one is, um, you know, 
um, substitute the word colleague, you know, for your children and tell me what your colleague is doing right now, you know? And they're like, well, my colleague is pulling on my leg and my colleague oh. is just sit <laughs> up, you know? And it's, that's kind of how we have to do. We have to look at it as a, you know, yeah. a humorous way for us to get through this. And I think we'll come out of it not only, like I said, appreciating the human interaction again, but we're going to appreciate the fact that we do have the tools to get these things done. Yeah. We, they just built a new sidewalk right outside the street where I live. And I have never seen so many people out walking. I've lived here for 22 years and it's just amazing. I'm like, who are all these people? I know nobody because I'm, I'm working all the time. Um, and I do work from home. I'm in my basement, but I just, you know, yeah. we, we get in the car and go and go places. And uh, that's it's, it. Um, definitely one of the blessings. I know. And I, and I think one of the key things that I find, you know, I've had a lot of people come into my house knocking and just not coming in and people, um, you know, delivering stuff and having the respect that they just, you know, they're staying away. And I'm walking down my dog down the street and someone else is walking their dog. And if this was, Two months ago, we'd greet each other. We'd have the dogs come and join each other. But now we just, we acknowledge, we smile. We know we're all going through different things. That's all. And again, it's about adapting. And, um, you know, we have to adapt with or without technology. So you might as well do it if you have it. Yeah. So what tips do you have? It sounds like you are quite the work-at-home professional. What, what tips do you have for people for creating a productive, healthy workplace? Well, one of the things that I suggest, and you can't do this all the time, is but to have a little bit of a routine and change it up, change it up every once in a while because you need to keep things fresh. But you know, choose a time that you're going to eat breakfast. Choose a time you're going to have your coffee and watch the news. Choose a time you're going to take a shower. Choose a time you're going to work out, and keep to those and focus and don't you know unless unless you have something that's just completely has to be at that time. Make sure that you have that time for yourself because if you don't, then you feel like this work from home is more of a prison and less of a lifestyle. So you have to make sure you focus on the fact that you still are, are being who you are. You're still making sure that you're taking care of yourself and that you're expressing yourself in your own personal way. And it doesn't mean that um, it just might mean, hey, guess what? Um, you know, I can have a call with all of you tomorrow, but I can't start till nine. I can't do it at eight thirty because you know I'm going to be uh, um, having breakfast or whatever it might be, or have you taken a walk on your sidewalk? Yeah, that's good. So, why do you think we tend to get restless when we know we need to be at home and confined? Because we think of home as a place where we're done, instead mm-hmm. of for a place that we continue. Um, I, I've got to the point where I try to make my working environment and my living environment aesthetically <clears throat> the best way possible. It makes me more effective. When I um, used to come home, the first thing I do is, you know, I go and chill on the couch or watch TV, you know. And when you have your working that's happening, you make sure that you are, you know, that you're keeping this this atmosphere of being productive and effective. Because if you try to do everything at once, like you were just saying, you know, you're in your basement. If if you're doing everything in your kitchen, if you're eating, if you're relaxing, and if you're working, sometimes it's hard to separate that. So kind of trying to find yourself a little bit of space. And um, it's not means you're going to do everything there. But trying to have a spot where you can actually kind of separate it, um, where you feel like you are, you know, being productive in this space and relaxing in that space. 
Yeah, and I guess I worry about people being at home under quarantine and they're just sitting around being unproductive. <laughs> you know, yeah. we joked before we got on the call about, you know, everybody streaming movies and, yeah, you know, is that really the best use of this time that you have? I know. I mean, you could use this time to start a business, right? You could yes. use this time to um, <clears throat> write a book, to draw, to learn a new skill. Right. You can do that. You can still do that. And it's, and the whole aspect of what you need to do though, with the work phone, you need to set yourself a schedule. You need to, you can't say, you know, all day Tuesday, I'm just going to go clean the basement because I'm home, right? You have to make sure you have some type of a structure involved in it because cleaning that basement will turn to you. Okay, now I'm going to clean the garage and then I'm going to do this. And you're going to, you know, and that's the procrastination of, of my experience of understanding of how that goes is you need to make sure that you have a structure of your day. And what I've learned, and this is not a, this is a technology thing, but I, I, I would do it even if I had a um, paper calendar. I do not create to-do lists. I put what I need to do during the day on my calendar and I put it in a time where, so when I calendar pops up, it says 9.30, of course I have to do a call, but at 10 it says, I need to make sure I do this, and this is my, my what I have to get done. So my calendar actually helps guide me through the day. So I don't create a to-do list because I find out most people, you know, when you create a to-do list, it's creating a to-do list. I'd rather get the stuff done than, than make a list about it. Yeah. I'm kind of, we're, we're kind of a lot alike in that, in that respect. I'm not real, I'm more creative than structured. And um, it just, sense. yeah, it, for me, it just, I think I find more joy in life operating that way than trying to be yeah. too rigid to a schedule. Well, that, that brings a great point. So um, here's a question for you and I'll answer mine first, but when I go on vacation, I don't turn things off. I don't shut down. I literally just minimize what I do. So, for right. example, I have not taken, I mean, because I have my own company, it's a little different, but I've never taken a week or two vacation in probably five years. But I've taken three-day weekends. I've taken it. I decided I'm going to go work in California. So I, last year at this time, I rented an Airbnb by the Louvre in Paris by myself and worked in cafes. Nice. And if you don't think that is both relaxing and productive, oh, you know, yeah. and uh, to me, to me, that was a vacation, but I worked the whole time, you know, and I, when I mean the whole time, I mean pretty much the same amount of hours I would have if I was sitting here in my house, I was working from cafes. And the difference was instead of for me saying, great, I'm going to go take a walk on my street. I'm like, I'm going to go walk to the oh, museum. Right. Nice. So that part of it <clears throat> is what really kind of drives me is I don't set personal vacations and say, oh, great, I'm, you know, tell my clients, I'll tell my people, no one reach out to me, I'm not going to answer my phone. It's ridiculous. One, it's, 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 not, it's not really you know, going to happen. And two, is all they do is minimize it. You know, I make sure, I say, okay, I'm going to check things in the morning, things are going on, but I'm going to get a few hours worth of work done, and the rest of the time it'll be on mine. But if you need me, I'm here. And then when you get back, you're not over you're not, you're not going through that stress. How many times exactly. do we say, That's we should, I had one that. more day, I had one more day from vacation, from my vacation, I'd be more productive. Yeah. To me, I just minimize it. I, I find a chance to relax when I'm actually doing it. And I don't feel like I, I, I need to escape. Now, keep in mind, 
that doesn't mean everyone's like me, but I'm saying that works for me because I'm always feeling like I'm taking a vacation. I have a planned trip to go to Iceland. I have a planned trip to go to Napa. I'm going to be working there. I, you know, I have things that I want to do. I want to take pictures. I want to explore. But I'm not going to just turn things off and just say, hey, you know what? Sorry, world. It's, it's all about me right now. Yeah. And with technology, you can do that. Totally. Yeah. So for me, I, I wouldn't say I'm a homebody, but home is my, ref, my refuge. And, you know, we've yeah. just been in a season of life where, you know, with raising kids and um, we just haven't had a chance to do a whole lot of traveling. So that is definitely yeah. on the horizon. But I love, I love to work. I love what I do. And I like how you found that mix of, you know, when you travel, you, you can be working, you know, you can integrate the two. So I think that's just such, such a lovely example for all of us. Yeah. And you just have to let the people you're going to be dealing with know that, you know, you might have a, a time constraint, you know, you might be in bed by the time they're doing something or you might be up early, you, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, what can I do before you wake up in the morning? How can I handle this? So when you wake up, it's there for you. You know, so, and most people in this day and age can do that. Now, here's the real thing with the technology. I couldn't have done that like 20 years ago. Sure. No you way. know, I couldn't. No. I mean, even with, even with lines, it would have cost me so much money just to try to use a, you know, a, a phone card and a, just to be able to get on, just to talk to somebody if they're doing that. So mm-hmm. to me, technology allows me to be able to do that where, you know, just like you were saying, where's Eric? Is he in Wyoming? Is he in Paris? I'm like, Good. I like that you don't know, you know, that, you know, sometimes I just might be sitting in my house, but, but I might've just got back from a wonderful trip. Plus I, maybe I just closed a deal. Who knows, you know? And that's the best part about the technology is it allows me to kind of try all these different things. Yeah. You post so many pictures from Dubois, Wyoming in the winter. I thought you were living there. I, and honestly, um, I would love to, the, the difference is getting to the technology part. I could do Dubois, Wyoming, but it's too mm-hmm. far away, isolated from airport yeah. that I do still want to be able to get places. So that's why I've been looking in Sheridan, Wyoming, because it's, um, I'd be 10 minutes from an airport or 90 minutes from Billings Airport, Montana, and I could still get to New York or California or Europe very quickly. Yeah. Um, if you are isolated, even if you have internet, you, mm-hmm. that's true. You could be, you know, work there all the time. But when you want to get to where you need to be, you're adding a day of travel. And I just want to make sure that, you know, if I want to, if I need to get somewhere, if I want to get somewhere, I just want to do it. Yeah. But you would be close to Kanye West if you were in Dubois. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I don't know. But uh, I, I do love Dubois. And I, I honestly, I, I got very close to actually doing something there. But um it's just too isolating, and and Kanye has a helicopter, and I'd probably have to still drive, so that's probably the difference. <laughs> oh yeah, that is that's that's a difference. <laughs> okay, one last question for you: the word "relevate" sure. means to uplift or inspire. In closing, mm-hmm. what words of advice do you have for my listeners as it relates to staying connected when we are disconnected, like we are in this time? Is is to not worry about it being a technology. Just focus on the fact that you need to continue to communicate. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you love writing letters, you can still write yeah. letters, right? If you love to have that type of interaction with people, I'd love to write. You know, that's one of my favorite things to do. But the technology gives you the chance to do things instantly. 
And that's the part people have to realize. It doesn't mean it gives you the chance to stay away from people like, you know, we always give um, static to, you know, other generations that they don't want to communicate. They communicate differently than we do. I don't, I love texting my children because I know that's how we communicate. I love sharing memes with my children because that's how we communicate. But with my mother, I want to hear her voice and she wants to talk to me. And there's people on work. I need to have that video face to face because I need to know they know what I'm talking about. And I need to know that they know I understand what they're talking about. Yeah, definitely. And let's not forget our older people in the midst of this coronavirus scare because so many of them uh, are isolated and alone, and we just don't know how long this is going to last. So it's true. let's be it's intentional true. and, and reaching out and sending some love. That's true. That's true. And it, and it will. You know, they're setting up kiosks and giving them iPads to be able to, to do FaceTime and Skype calls, you know. And it doesn't mean you have to teach a 90-year-old how to use the phone. It just means if you can get the technology set up, and might make it easy for them to have someone help them do it. It's just, you know, it, it makes their day as well. And just them hearing your voice and hearing the tone in your voice and seeing your eyes when you smile, that means a lot to them. Yeah. And let's all limit our intake of news because that's, yep. that, that'll bring you down quicker than anything. Exactly. Okay, Eric Hawkinson, thank you so much for being here, and um, it's been fun to have a chance to to reconnect and share some tips on staying connected when we are disconnected, albeit temporary. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Okay, you take care. Bye-bye. In addition to being your host for the Relevate podcast, I, too, am a marketing communications consultant and geek out talking about this kind of stuff. Your personal brand is important, and it's up to you to manage it well, whether in the office or working from home. Eric had some great tips for us to help us improve our work-at-home game. You can find out more about him by visiting his website, prairiesunconsulting.com. Stay safe and connected, friends. And remember to subscribe and share the Relevate podcast. I've got some great stories of hope and inspiration coming your way to help you get through Corona quarantine. I'm Rena Olson, and this is Relevate. Oh, and you can find me online at rena-olson.com.